You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I feel like our names were very weird today. No, I kind of loved it. Today. Oh, okay. Good. I, I did. I did. And it's great coming over here. On yep. a rainy day. I, I know. I drove through the rain to get here, and I'm just all snug and cozy in my uh, fleece over here. This is my, I'm living my ideal life. I love it. Yeah. I'm hoping that it rains a lot right now so it can stop raining when we start filming. Well, true. I, yeah, because we are two weeks out now from filming the we're next We're two feature. weeks out, and while rain is great for the plants out here, we're getting an abnormal amount of rain, uh-huh. and it's delightful, and it has me panicked because sure. we've got a fair amount of outdoor scenes to do. Well, there's very little you can do about the rain, and you know you just need to breathe through it. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Some Hollywood masterpieces were created because of the rain, or lack thereof. It's true. Sometimes it's true. you plan for rain, and it isn't raining, and sometimes you plan for sun, and it rains. You know? I specifically plan to write no more outdoor scenes, and I keep getting overruled by everyone I work with, <laughs> and it keeps... <laughs> happening that it's a difficult day and I, i'm like stop making me film outside i want to be in a studio i want to be in a sound yeah. stage well that's the goal where it's great and i can make the outdoors come inside well that's the thing is you just got to keep trucking along yeah. where you are right now and then the sound stage will come i think that's like the the hollywood version of field of dreams the, of what yeah if you film it the sound stage will come i like that mm-hmm. you know it i just watched uh, the fire festival and uh you and did? You I did. bitch. And, uh, well, I know you're doing it for us. I'm doing research I know for that, an upcoming episode. I know that, killing me that I haven't seen. It's a teaser, but I kept thinking to myself, the slogan, if you don't build it, they will still come. <laughs> because <laughs> that's essentially what we all know happened. And uh, Oh, I can't wait to get to that it's episode. Gonna be, I really, it's going to be good. I really can't. I was like, this asshole. Because <laughs> like, I follow all the rules. Right. And this guy is like, rules what? Oh, got it. And I was like... Speaking of this asshole, listeners might hear some construction noises from next door. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's fine. Your neighbor's not an asshole, <laughs> like no, you like to say sometimes. They, they are, but not necessarily for building as they're doing. <laughs> but they're they're definitely a dick. Okay, your neighbor is an asshole, but is also allowed to construct things in his own yeah. property. I so. just wish they did it without putting workers on the roof in a thunderstorm oh well sure yeah they literally are hitting all my safety buttons they were up with a drill and i was like do you want to die oh my god in the rain yeah yeesh and i was like this is not macarthur's park i can't i can't recreate you (laughs) human no even in even in macarthur park they never had that recipe again i know it was like even a cake you can't right so a human so much more Exactly. Like it's so much more irreplaceable exactly. than a cake. So, <laughs> But it must feel good in the rain to have a working roof again. <gasps> the dream. <laughs> the homeowner's dream to spend a ton of money on something that keeps you dry and warm. Well, you know, you spend a ton of money, but you got something for it. And least. we're going to get... I mean, the roof's going to last 
some of it's going to last for like 50 years. Some wow. of it's going to last for 25. <laughs> so It's a big crapshoot. Well, the no, the flat, <laughs> the flat part will be... <laughs> we'll come back to you in 25 years and let you know how it shook out. But yeah, there might be some hammering sounds coming today during this episode. But, you know, we'll we'll try and minimize that. But it probably shouldn't be too much of a thing. Yeah, but so... if people hear that, we do apologize. But there's nothing we can do. Uh, it is a free country for now. <laughs> If you hear some screaming, they may have cut that their was, hand off. Well, that was just Jason <laughs> losing his mind <laughs> and going across the street to flip out on them. But yes, so we do apologize for any sound issues this this episode, except our voices. There's exactly. nothing we're going to do about that. Yes. We're, doing, we're just, we're going to emphasize those. Enjoy our voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was as creepy for me as it was for you, you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> there is one other thing to talk about. I know that we, uh, our movie... Yes. Which was playing in Palm Springs, has been extended in the theater. For a week. For another week. Yay. Right? Because I guess they're doing okay on ticket sales, so that feels good. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what's the end date now? I guess the 22nd? It's a Thursday. Uh, 21st, then. Yes. February 21st. So now you can see Analysis Paralysis at the Palm Springs Cultural Center running through February 21st. It's so the dream. Both of you who did not make it out to Palm Springs yet to go see the the film, you've got an extra week. Exactly. And, and tell all your friends and family yep. who live out there and that report back to us. they need to see this because yeah. it's it's a good movie. Well, you know, you'll be happy to know that someone in the chorus came up to me and said that he saw the movie in Palm Springs. What? Yes. And he saw it because he noticed a flyer that you and Matt had put out in one of the bars out there. Yay! Yeah. He saw your face. Yep. And he saw me and was like, is that the Kevin I know? And then went and saw the film and really enjoyed it. So, I love it. Yeah. So, you know, flyers work, turns out. My favorite was we went into local businesses on one of the days uh, we were there. And um, we went to this crystal shop. Okay. And they sell not like, a not, not a meth dealer. No, house. like crystal, like like spiritual crystals. And the woman, like we're looking for the owner, but the woman was outside smoking something, and we didn't meth. know what. And then she it comes in, meth. and she's like, "How can I help you?" And I was like, "Whoa!" And she's like, "I'm one of the only lesbians on the street." And I was like, "Great, that's <laughs> awesome." And then she goes, "I'm really high, by the way." And I was like. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my God. And then she's like, I want to post your movie postcard on my door. Okay. I need tape. Someone get me tape. Oh my and then she just stood there like waving the postcard at the door for a minute. Oh. And then she found tape. Oh my. And then she taped it to the door. And then she took a bunch. Oh, then it was definitely weed then. Oh, yeah. Because if, if she had been on meth, that thing would have been affixed to the window within two seconds. Yeah. And it would have been taped and puttied. <laughs> and pasted <laughs> and probably framed but yeah. <laughs> yeah no she was definitely on pot okay because she's like my nephew got me stoned and i was like good to know you got a good nephew sweet family shall we talk about the bright spot this week we shall all righty this week the bright spot is something i just i really love this i really really love this this week in washington state the Girl Scouts of Western Washington got a $100,000 donation, wow. which is awesome. That's huge. Unfortunately, that money came with a note that said, quote, please guarantee that our gift will not be used to support transgender girls. Oh, if you can't, please return the money. That's enough money to send 500 girls to summer camp. And the Girl Scouts of Western 
Washington sent the money back. Yep. Because they don't do that. Exactly. They support all girls, transgender or not. Excellent. Who want to be Girl Scouts. And what they did was decided to start a fundraiser to replace the $100,000 with the hashtag for every girl. And it was on Indiegogo. And uh, they did not um, make the $100,000. Okay. They made three. Hundred thousand dollars. They can send fifteen hundred girls. Yes, to... they can. Yeah. So they I did math. They rejected the anti-trans caveat, and they sent a hundred thousand dollars back because it did not line up with their principles. And then they replaced it threefold with support of the community. And I, I think that was fucking awesome. Love that. And I, I say fuck you to the people who are going to donate with those kinds of strings attached. Right. And I say congratulations to the. The Girl Scouts and all those girls who are going to go and have wonderful times with the Girl Scouts this year in Washington State. Excellent. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? I actually don't eat many Girl Scout cookies just because I don't buy cookies a lot. You're wrong. The best is Samoa. Uh, Isn't that coconut? <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck off. No. <laughs> I like or the thin, thin, mints. thin mints are good. Okay, we can yeah. settle on thin mints. We but you know how together. you know what you, where you have to keep them? In, in a... Thin drawer? In the freezer, Jason. Uh, if you're not keeping the Thin Mints in the oh, freezer, you're not doing it right. Okay. To have a ice-cold Thin Mint is the greatest thing ever. Is that like a Klondike bar? What would you do for a Thin Mint? Um, because there would be some witnesses to my murdering you right now, <laughs> I'm going to hold off. <laughs> but that you compared a Girl Scout cookie to a Klondike bar? Is, are they both minty? I just watched Kevin's eyes flinch in a way that rage. That was terrifying and delightful because I do have two desks between us. <laughs> anyway, love the Girl Scouts. <laughs> Support and your Girl uh, Scouts, folks. Yeah, that's uh, the the bright spot is the Girl Scouts of Western Washington because they really stood on principle, and I really, really applaud that. And I encourage all of our listeners to go out and buy Girl Scout cookies, find where they're selling them, and go get them. I love it. I think that you should tell me about the tragedy uh, that you've got in store for us, Jason. Indeed. Thank you, Girl Scouts, and let's get to the tragedy. Let's do. Let's do. All right. What you got for me this week, Jason T. Gaffney? Railroad tycoon. Ooh. German immigrant. What? Neighbor feud. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. That's right. We're now, go- now I know it's a formula. I still enjoy it. <laughs> We're going to talk about the infamous spite fence of San Francisco. What? Yep. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm totally ready for this. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm I I'm I am here for a spite oh, fence. It's uh Oh, Jason, you must live for this. this let's just say this episode is in honor of my asshole next door neighbor. That is fantastic. <laughs> I needed a way to get a little outlet of my rage. So, <laughs> so let's, let's let's see the like go extreme t- version of <laughs> what you'd like to do to your neighbor. Welcome to therapy with Jason for the next hour. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what has happened to me? So first, okay. let's learn a little bit about spite fences and what they are. Sure. Uh, is that a thing? It is a oh. thing. Oh. It basically is defined via uh, Wikipedia as, quote, an overly tall fence, structure in the nature of a fence, or a row of trees, bushes, or hedges. That extends from sea to shining sea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Constructed or planted between adjacent lots by a property owner with no legitimate purpose. 
who is annoyed with or wishes to annoy a neighbor or who wishes to completely obstruct the view between lots. Oh, okay. I get it. That's totally... So it's a fence you put up to fuck with your neighbor's view. Exactly. Because you don't like them. Exactly. Great. So you're starting construction on yours next week, I guess? No. Okay. No. After filming. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, the court looks to see if the fence is made with abuse or malice in mind. No, mostly it's made of pine. (laughs) That I first went over my head and then I got it. (laughs) The judge would be like, get out of my courtroom. (laughs) Look at the sign on the wall, sir. What does it say? Uh, No dad jokes, your honor. That's correct. (laughs) You're in contempt. So basically over the years, there have been many neighbor disputes, right? Mm -hmm. There have been laws enacted regulating fence height because of this. And many laws say that it has to be six feet or less. Okay. In my area, I believe it is somewhere in the eight to nine feet. Whoa. And that has to do with LA and specifics about like, there's plenty of known people who get gawked at by neighbors and they just, it, it provides a little bit more privacy, but it still doesn't really hurt your neighbor. Okay. But not all fences over six feet tall are spite fences. That okay. makes sense. It's like how all rectangles are squares, but not all squares are rectangles. I understand. All right. For example, there's one case a long time ago where one man made his fence 13 feet tall and his neighbor was like, oh, no, thank you, and sued the tall fence guy. Mm -hmm. But in court, it was found out that the tall fence guy had put up a 13-foot fence because the suing neighbor was constantly throwing trash into tall fence guy's yard. Okay. And so the court was like... Yeah, he has to have a tall fence because he keeps throwing shit in his yard. Like, okay. you need to make it so that, so yeah. it, like that was allowed. I get it. So if you if you're only so you're saying that spite fences are illegal. Spite fences are illegal. Okay, so if you have no purpose for the fence other than to fuck with your neighbor, exactly, it's illegal. Exactly, Jason. I'm so sorry. That must come as very bad news to you. Well, no, I've got legitimate reasons. Oh, good. <laughs> I like to walk around <laughs> naked in my backyard. There we go. All right, so, sure. And I'm not even going to build a. Giant, it's eight feet. Great. It's your, <laughs> it's your neighbor's job too. If yeah. they don't like you walking around naked, they yeah. can put up a modesty fence. Yes, <laughs> they can enjoy my cakes. <laughs> you know, other places that have tall fences that are allowed are like golf courses to help the nearby homes and cars avoid getting hit by so many balls and I get stuff. It. You sure. know. So let's get to the good stuff, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we have our little bit of boring information. Well, let's go back to a time when spite fences weren't officially illegal. It's true. Yeah. So let's meet our first main player in our story. Please. Nicholas Young. Okay. And his last name is spelled Y-U-N-G, and he is German. Okay. He uh, originated from Germany. And he came out here in 1848. All right. So he's real German. He's not like second American, second no, generation. No, he's like he's, German. He's a German person who emigrated to America. Yeah. Got it. He was married to a strong woman named Rosina Young. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't like a strong woman, like, you know, someone who just lifted a lot like of weight. Side show. Yeah. She yeah. was like a strong, powerful woman. Right. Like, which I love. Sure. They worked really hard for many, many years in San Francisco and they had a mortuary. Oh. And that was like their business. So they, they ran a funeral home and mm-hmm. they dealt with that and they were doing really well. Yeah. What era are we in right now? Late 1800s. Late 1800s. Yeah. Okay. Yavol. Yes. So after many years, they were able to afford to buy a plot of land with an amazing view up at the top of California Street Hill. Okay. They would build a small, happy cottage-style house, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's just super cute. We will live here. We will be very happy. He was so happy. And he lovingly put plants in. 
that would grow into an impressive and scenic garden. I love these people. I, I mean, I do. I, just, I mean, sure, I relate to they're them. death mongers. But aside from that, what do you mean death mongers? Well, I mean, they're profiting off of the death of other people. Well, sure, somebody has to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it got uh, basically great light, and it had the best air quality in the area. It's you like, are so jealous. I'm so You're jealous. so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> if he looked over to the north, he could see the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. Then if he looked to the south, he could see the main city. Wow. And then if he looked to the east, he could see the bay. Wow. It was just great. It he, sounds wonderful. He was in heaven. Mm-hmm. She was in heaven. All right. And that is our story. Well, yeah. this has been a really uplifting episode. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they weren't dead at the time, but they're dead now. <laughs> so... You know, they're old. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is they couldn't even profit on their own deaths. I know. That's ironic. All right. So let's meet our follow-up star of the episode. Okay. Charles Crocker. I have a feeling Charles Crocker will be the asshole neighbor. Yeah. And this Yay. is not to be confused with the leave Britney alone Chris Crocker. They're not the same person. No. <laughs> no response from me. You're still saying things. No. No, it's only only because we're on a podcast. Otherwise, I would have been stone cold silent <laughs> and just glaring at you like I'm doing. So Crocker was born in 1822. Mm-hmm. He would end up being one of the big four. He was one of the four men who invested in and built the Central Pacific Railroad. Oh, that was a good idea. So he was a big boy who was also a big boy. He was a fat cat. Yes. Yeah. And how. And they did it in a rather shady way. Well, sure, but every business venture in the late 1800s was pretty shady. Started in a shady bit. Basically, he brought a bunch of Chinese immigrants over and paid them, like, slave wages and did a lot of, like, land seizing and, you know, with with or without the owner's consent. So it's not great the way they did it. He's a railroad tycoon. He's a robber baron. Exactly. Yeah. The other three of the big four were Mark Hopkins. Mm Mm-hmm. Collis Huntington Ooh. and Leland Stanford. Okay. Huntington and Stanford, we know pretty well in California. Exactly. Leland Stanford is the same Stanford who was the governor of California okay. and would eventually found Stanford University. Oh, I thought Princeton. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's ironic. Jimmy Princeton founded Stanford and <laughs> Leland Stanford founded Princeton. It was they it's had weird. a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. So as a result of the railroad, Crocker had more money than he knew what to do with. Sure. And in the 1870s, he decided that what he really wanted to do was to buy and build a really big mansion in San Francisco. I think that's a great idea. If you've got more money than you know what to do with and you're an American and it's the turn of the century, build a giant fucking house. Exactly. Absolutely. So Ask Sarah Winchester how that went. (laughs) (laughs) So basically all the wealthy people were doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm one of the wealthiest. Why can't I? (laughs) So he... (laughs) Became a chorus line. I could build that. (laughs) (laughs) So basically he, along with the other big four, headed out to San Fran Mm -hmm. and started looking for the best views of the city. Mm -hmm. And they ended up finding California Street Hill. All four of them? Yeah. Oh. Not only was this area basically amazing mm-hmm. and gorgeous, sure. but you could see the whole city, and it was super, 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 super close to the financial district. Okay. So you could live really well, Yeah. and you could be close to work. I get it. So it was like a win-win, because then you can make more money that you don't need. Have you ever thought of going into real estate yourself? Because you're really selling it. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> That's painful. Oh, no, I couldn't ever do that. You have to be such a go-getter. You could do it. 
You could yeah, do that job. I'd, I'd rather make movies. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, you're, you've chosen the right thing. I'm just saying you could do that job, and I could not do that job. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. I feel like you could sell a house. One in my whole career. And then afterward, I would be like, God, that was hard. Retirement. So much paperwork. Yeah. And then I had to post it on Facebook and all the things. I was like, ugh, I can't. <laughs> But you'd take great real estate photos. For the bus benches? For you, just a big smile and a thumbs up. (laughs) So Crocker got to talking with Stanford, right? When they basically agreed that California Street Hill was like a prime location. Okay. And if there was a cable car to help them get up and down the hill, it would be perfection. Hey. Because it was a pretty steep hill and they were bigger men, and they sure. didn't really want to walk up and down the hill. <laughs> Have you seen me go downstairs? It's demoralizing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want that feeling about myself when I arrive at work. Exactly. <laughs> so Stanford was like, hey, we're rich. Let's build that shit. <laughs> Hold on a minute. We have all the money in the world. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> sure. And after the cable car was built, the wealthy men started picking out blocks of land to buy up and build their palaces, mm-hmm. sorry, mansions on. Uh-huh. They're basically palaces, but they're like, it's just a mansion. And well, I'm like, it's a palace. Sure, it's dick. a palace. It's it's a, uh, it's a monument yeah. to American greed and wealth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he was able to buy up a ton of land really quickly, right? He picked sure. a plot and he would start building a 12... Thousand square foot mansion on the lot. Is that big? I'm not in real estate. I don't know. It's bit, let's just put it this way. My house is about fourteen hundred square feet. Oh, so it's and my bigger. house is a decent size uh-huh. for two people, <laughs> and this sure. is like one man. So, uh, wow. He also planned to build a seventy-five foot tower to loom over the city. Oh my god! The tower was never built, though. Oh well. In this process of buying up land and everything, mm-hmm. they also decided to change the name of California Street Hill to Knob Hill. Oh sure. Which I don't get. I know Knob Hill. Yeah. I, do you know San Francisco well? Not well. But you but know where Knob Hill is. I know of it. Okay, sure. It's Fancy pretty mansions up there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why. Well, I get it. So things were looking really good, right? I'm glad you told me that because, like, I have no idea where the fuck California Street Hill is. That's because it don't Nob exist Hill. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can hobnob on Knob Hill. So basically things are looking good for Crocker, right? He's yeah, like, well, I'm buying up my land. Mm-hmm. I'm really rich. I'm mm-hmm. eating well. But Clearly. there was a small problem. Was it The Undertaker? It was Nicholas Young yep. had yet to sell him his house. Crocker owned the entire block, with the exception of the small little plot of land, just like in the movie Up. Right. Where Nicholas Young was sitting there in retirement, going, I will never leave. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Well, he bought his little, he worked hard all his life, and he bought his little sliver of paradise. He's still working, even. All right. So he's not even retired. Oh, darn, that's too bad, because then sometimes he's gone during the day, so... I know. <laughs> yeah, Charles is really going to fuck with him. So Crocker, as we saw earlier with the railroad stuff, wasn't used to hearing the word no. Sure. And he didn't like hearing the word no. <laughs> I can't even hear no. All I hear is go. So he also didn't like the fact that both Stanford and Mark Hopkins had already completed their own mansions and were already living the good life, and he was still dealing with this one person who kept telling him no. Oh, Jesus. So he, no, it's, it's way worse than keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Keeping up with the Stanfords. Fuck. Yeah. Um, 
And basically, he was like, here's someone else on his own rightful plot of land that he had no real right to, except uh, that he's an entitled shit. Right. So he's like, you're on land that you own that really should be my land. Because mm-hmm. I'm rich. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's where history gets a little fuzzy. So okay. go with me on this. <laughs> okay. This is the negotiations phase of the Young property. Oh, wow. Uh, some people claim that Crocker came over and offered to give Young the exact value of the land, and Young said no thanks. Fuck that, yeah. Other people think that Crocker offered above value at 6000 and that Young said no thanks unless you give me 12000 mm-hmm. You see, he and his family really loved the views, and if they were going to move, it had to be worth it. Yeah. So Crocker came back with 9000 and Young said no. Mm-hmm. So the final version of the possible events that could have happened is that they both originally agreed to 3000 but Young was easily pissed off, and when Crocker would say or do something he didn't like, then Young would up the price. <laughs> and so he upped it to 6000 uh-huh. then Crocker got mad, and so then Young upped it to 9000 and then Crocker got even madder, and then Young upped it to 12000 Okay. I like that version better, anyway. So, no matter... Vats, uh, did you say it to me? Yeah. I said... 15000 Get What? <laughs> So everyone agrees that Young wanted 12000 for the land and Crocker didn't want to pay it. Jesus Christ, the man with all the money he in had the whole Millions world of dollars. Can't pay $12,000. Exactly. To get his slice of the American He's dream. like, oh, it's God. the principle of it. See, that's so pathetic. Right. Okay. The other fun rumor is that during the negotiations, Crocker stormed away from the negotiations, mm-hmm. like cursing up a storm, being like, fuck you and fuck everyone and then give me your fucking land. I fucking hate you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you need some therapy. Yeah. Oh, could we just skip ahead to the part where he has a stress-induced heart attack? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's so much fun to have. All right. So basically another reason that Young was steadfast on 12000 is that he had seen another millionaire pay 25000 to someone who had a same size lot. Okay. And and that millionaire was, like, way less wealthy compared to Crocker. Wow. So Young's like, what's it to you? Right. I'm asking for, like, half of what that guy got. Right. And that guy is half as wealthy as you. What's That's the problem? So crazy. Right. Like, it sounds like Young is being super reasonable, actually. Exactly. Okay. So here's a fun piece of information about the negotiation process as well. Okay. While it was going on, Crocker's workers were basically bulldozing everything around the Young house property line. Oh. And uh, getting the rest of the property ready for Crocker to move in. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that they were doing was blowing up stuff with dynamite. Uh, I'm assuming rocks and other buildings, they're just blowing them up. Sure, whatever happens to be there. Right. You know, businesses. So, <laughs> either way. Encampments. <laughs> whatever. Crocker basically told his men to aim the blasts in the direction of the young house, allowing for all the debris to cover and besiege it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Crocker's new idea was, you won't take my measly 3000 then I'm going to make it unbearable for you and your family to live there, and then you're going to give up and move away. Right, uh, 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 sure. Uh. Oh, my God, he is such a fucking asshole. Exactly. Oh. So... As I'm, oh, God, this just hits all the goddamn buttons, rich person, yep. entitled American. Yep. Oh, fuck. So, is this how you feel about your neighbor all the time? Exactly. Oh, my God, how do you live in this space? It's I'm about to kill myself. Hard. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, Young was easily pissed off. <laughs> I don't relate to that at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, he told Crocker to fuck off. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure that this was the main, like, the dynamite was the main event that led to the 12,000 price tag. That would, yeah. I mean, that would probably up my price, too. So Young apparently then is quoted saying, quote, If he doesn't accept, tell him I'll start building coffins in my backyard so he sees them from his bedroom window. Nice. So then Crocker being the big dick that he is, mm-hmm. decided to hit Young where it hurt the most. In his testicles? No. Oh. The view. Oh. The sunlight and the fresh air. Oh, okay. Crocker said when he thought of this idea, quote, I'll seal him in as if he was in one of his own coffins. <gasps> For the low, low price of $3,000, Crocker built a three-walled structure around Young's property at 40 feet high. What? So Young's property wasn't a corner lot, so he was able to basically enclose that lot in with a giant 40-foot tall fence. 40 feet tall? Yeah. God damn. So Crocker... This guy is an unmitigated fuckwad. Yes. Okay. So Crocker then acted... Just that stated for the record. Oh, yeah. No, Crocker's a dick. Right. He then acted like an extra asshole... And had his side of the fence covered in ivy and giggled as Young's nice garden died from the lack of sunlight. Whoa. He's like, your plants are dead. Mine are blooming. Wow. Which is just rude. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty rude. <laughs> the uh, Young property only got about two hours of sunlight every day. This is so frustrating. And I know I know that it's what we're talking about and everything, but I'm like I'm like I just want to murder this man. I exactly. There I are a lot of people I want to exhume him and murder him. Yeah. So, I'm sure you're wondering why Young didn't take legal action. I didn't know that he didn't. What I was thinking was like now it's time to sue. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, there was virtually nothing he could do. There wasn't a law in the books that said Crocker couldn't do what he was doing. There was no spite fence law. No. I mean, this is why we have them, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it was now known throughout the land as Crocker's spite fence since Mm -hmm. it was built out of spite to force his neighbor to leave. Completely. In fact, public opinion was on the Young family's side. I would hope so. Basically, Crocker was labeled a bully, and he was. Yeah. No kidding. Who else am I thinking of in the news who wants to build a giant wall and is a bully? Mm. Um, He's also rich. Yeah. Don't know who I'm thinking of. It's a con man, though. I know that. Definitely a con man. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Anyway, go ahead. I, I just It's not coming to mind. So, newspapers and members of the press started calling the fence, quote, Crocker's crime. <laughs> and the San Francisco Chronicle would describe the wall as, quote, a memorial of malignity and malevolence. Ooh. Yeah. A lot of alliteration. Yeah. I they're like, M, M, M. Wah, wah, wah. I love the reporter dropped his pen and was like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> because of all the press coverage, it was now becoming a tourist attraction. Oh, fun. People were coming Come from- on, we'll do Lombard Street. We'll see the giant spite wall. <laughs> exactly. Gate. They're basically great. coming all over to see the Petty Man's Wall. We'll They're get like... some Ghirardelli's and go up there. And this is the house where the man has a really small dick. <laughs> so he built a really big wall <laughs> because he feels inferior to the other men. I love these hop-on, hop-offs. Yeah. (laughs) It's so educational. Yeah, it's great. So, okay, what did Young decide to do after the wall was put up since he had no legal action that he could take, right? I'm trying to think. Set fire to the wall? I'm trying to think. He can't do that. That's that's damage to someone else's property. I'm trying to think of the things that he could do. Like, I, I think it would be insanely hard, but what I think a person should do in that situation is up the price again. 
Yeah. Uh, like what you're asking for for the house. Like, that's what I would do. Well, what he did was he told Crocker that if he didn't take the wall down, that he would install a giant flagpole and would fly a skull and crossbones flag daily to remind him that he didn't own the land and had lost. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, that's option number two. He also considered putting a coffin on the roof of his house to get more business from the tourists oh, and to cool. piss off Crocker. Yeah, that's He's a good like, idea, too. He's like, everyone's going to come see it. Yeah. He was also going to try... <laughs> these guys are both... What I do love about the story is these guys are both quintessential Americans yeah. in their own ways. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you build a wall? Yeah. I build a giant middle finger. Well, I'm using my house as a business card, then. Yeah. He was actually going to uh, put on the coffin... R.I.P.C.C., which oh. was for Charles Crocker. Wow. He never ended up doing either, but and I think... Rest in pain, though. It would have been really baller. Yeah. You know, like... All right, so he considered those things, but didn't do them. Yeah, so because at the end of the day, he is not a petty, he's petty a good guy. human. He's yeah. a good person. He's a hard worker who's just trying to fucking live and have a nice house. Exactly. You fucking dick. So, Crocker had also pissed off some other people around this time. Yeah, namely, everyone he came in contact with, I have a feeling. There was actually a political wave that we talked about a long time ago Mm -hmm. during the San Francisco earthquake and fire Mm -hmm. that had swept San Francisco in the last election, and that party was the Working Man's Party of California. Okay. The party slogan was, quote, the Chinese must go. Hello. So oh. they were not just a liar party, but they were a racist party. Well, sure. Sound familiar to someone uh, of these days? Gosh, now I can't. I can't place it again. Somehow, there's. I'm drawing a blank again. Basically, this party hated the rich because the rich used immigrant labor at a much lower cost. I see. But they were also really racist and hated the other races. Sure. So it was like it this was a weird, white working man's party. Yeah. Sure. So Dennis Kearney, the leader of this party, mm-hmm. called for a rally at Knob Hill at Crocker's Wall. Okay. He basically loved the idea of the workers seeing a capitalist pig putting down a common man with the wall. Mm-hmm. It was going to help him enrage and motivate his mob. Well, you know what? That makes him a good politician. So they showed up for the rally, and about 2,000 people showed up to hear Kearney talk. Okay. Right? Crocker had several hundred armed guards deployed around his house to protect him and his priceless art collections Jesus. in said house. Okay. During the speech, Kearney went after everyone. I love, like, the house is built, right? He's living in the house. He's right. got this giant mansion, right? And he's so got a he big only wall. wants this other person's property for to, to tear it down and use it for a lawn. Right. Too. Yes. Like, he doesn't even need it for the house itself. Exactly. This guy, they're... they're He's irredeemable. Yeah, for me. No, he's a he's a nightmare. Okay. So So, back to the rally. Sorry. So basically during the speech Quick detour about how awful this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> which which I should stop doing because this guy is awful. <laughs> and he never gets any better. So during the speech basically Kearney went after everyone. Mm-hmm. He said, "Quote, when the Chinese question is settled, <laughs> we can discuss whether it would be better to hang, shoot or cut the capitalists to pieces." Okay. So he's like... Well, at least he's got priorities. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be racist first. Yeah. Then we can kill people who are rich. Exactly. I just... He's he's very sweet because it's like he's got these two things that are never going to happen. But so let's let's prioritize them. So I just love that. Like as soon as we get rid of all the Chinese people, a never going to happen. Right. But then we'll start to murder all the capitalists. Also, never going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> 
So then he would go on to tell the crowd that Crocker had to remove the fence by Thanksgiving or he would remove it for him. Hmm. But. Is he a carpenter of some kind? That seems like a big fence. I think they were just going to tear it down. Well, all right. Like, you know, wild men. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. that being said, it would never happen. Oh, another thing that would never happen. Because only two days later, Kearney was arrested. Mm. He was charged with attempting to incite a riot. Okay. He would be released before Thanksgiving. I I see the point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he would not follow through with his bring down the wall plan because he'd spend his time harassing Chinese people instead. Oh, okay. So he's like... Well, he he had priorities. Yeah. He was living up to them. A racist fuck. Well, anyway, Young's last hope at the wall coming down... Had failed. That was it? Well, that was the last... Rabble rousing, was it? Well, like, I don't think Young wanted it, but he's like, this is, this could take the wall down, and, I mean... Probably onto his house. I mean, that's crazy, but okay. Right. So he and his family agreed it was, that time was up, basically, and they moved the the actual house to a different plot of land that the Young family owned. They owned a couple plots of land. Okay. But... Nicholas Young still refused to sell the land to Crocker. Good. So he moved, but he kept the land. He moved his whole house. Yes. <laughs> and still didn't sell to that fucker. Exactly. Yes, Nicholas. Yes, you show it to him. I'm just so excited for Nicholas. Go, Nicholas. <laughs> totally team Nicholas here. Yeah. Okay. So Young would eventually pass away in 1880. Well, everyone dies. And his wife, Rosina, would refuse to sell to Crocker in honor of her dead husband. Yes, strong Rosina. In 1888, Crocker would die. Yes! (laughs) Sorry, whoops. He would die never having gotten the land he wanted. Wow. After the villain's death, her daughters tried to convince her to sell, but she would not. Uh Uh-huh. She would turn down other offers for the land as well. Did he take the wall down once they moved? No. Nope. He never took the wall down? Because he didn't own the land. No, the wall, though. I know, but he didn't want them to come back and build a house. Well, okay. Rosina was quoted as saying, quote, Carrying out the policy of my husband, I did not care to retaliate for the meanness shown by Mr. Crocker. There are some things in which people like ourselves do not care to stoop. Hmm. I have had many offers to lease a lot for Chinese laundry purposes, merely to annoy the Crockers, Ooh. but I refused. I have been asked also by advertising firms to let them use the lot for large signs, and while I could have a go at revenue from the lot by doing so, I declined all such offers. See, she's way better person than me. The first laundry, like the first Chinese family that wanted to open a laundry there, I would be like, yes. Yeah, I'd be like, let's build idea. you a five-story tall building. Make it a loud one. That's yeah. all I ask. The Crocker children, after he died, kept the fence up in honor of their father. You know, because oh, they're yeah, little dicks, too. Oh, yeah, that's something to really honor. Yeah. Sure. Oh, God. In uh, 1895, Rosina put in an appeal to the city complaining about the fence and how it affected her and the property, mm-hmm. and the property value. The city agreed that the fence was terrible, but that they had no legal action they could take, mm-hmm. because, again, there was no law in the books. In addition to that, the fence had, by this point, been lowered to only 25 feet, after winds threatened to blow the shabby structure down. I wish it had. So at 25 feet, it was more stable and it could handle it. Well, good. I'm, I was worried about the fucking wall. Yeah. So Rosina would pass in 1902, mm-hmm. and her heirs would seize the opportunity to sell the land to the Crocker children in 1904. Oh, man. At this point, the land was worth around $80,000. Well, that's that's better. But no one knows exactly how much was paid for it. 
because it was a private sale. Yeah, sure. And I, I hope ass- it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm assuming it was way more than eighty thousand. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, you want to be done with this? Yeah. <laughs> this blood feud that's gone on for fifty years. So pay us. here's the best part. The fence would remain standing until 1905 when the Crockett children would finally own the land, finally. Mm-hmm. They basically, and they would tear down the fence. They're like, we own it. This is the house my dad wanted in 1906. Now we have the whole thing. We can't have this horrible wall here. It blocks our view. Yeah. Now keep in mind, this is 1905. Yeah. Right? One year later, the earthquake of 1906 <gasps> would strike San Francisco and the house would burn to the ground. You're kidding me. I do not... I am not happy about that. I am not. I am not happy that that happened. I am to those people. so happy. I, I am not. I'm not happy about it. Nope. I am thrilled. Not me. I am a good person. <laughs> the Crocker children, rather than attempting to rebuild the house, yeah. opted to donate the land to charity. You're kidding. So, Grace Cathedral now stands on the plot of land where this decades-long feud took place. I know where that is. Yeah. Wow. So, that's where it was. Oh, my God. Isn't they, that wild? Oh, my God. They donated it. They After like, all that, they fucking donated it? Yep. And here's the best part to me, right? Okay, well, we're at the bright side. Great. Okay. So, uh, what is the uh, bright side? That was really... That was abrupt. But yeah, I well, love it. That's fine. Let's talk about it. So, here's the best thing. Uh-huh. First... Young didn't give in. That's right. He was... Young as a hero. Young yeah. became Nicholas Young as a hero, and his family, heroes. Yeah. I mean, he may have been slightly petty at times, but he really, like, like a little bit... I don't was, think he... I, no, no. Uh-uh. Not nearly as petty... No, no, no. ...as Crocker the whole time. Right, right. One, and here's Who the thing. Who could have just dealt with it for basically pittance... Exactly. ...from the very beginning. And here's the thing. If he had just treated someone fairly. Right. I relate to Young strongly... I bet you do. ...in this episode. <laughs> um... And I've definitely had petty thoughts about my neighbors. Right. But I've also acted with, like, dignity the whole exactly. time. Exactly. You act with respect toward them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Crocker is clearly You talk the shit about guy. them, like, to yeah, me. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> the other thing is... And it, in a public forum, like a podcast. Yeah. But, you know, otherwise, <laughs> totally on the up and up. They know where they stand. <laughs> so... Yeah, they, they're standing behind that 17-foot wall you put up over there. The best part is, is that the kids and the family held out until basically a year before the fire, and then they got a massive payout that they wouldn't have gotten if the house had burned down. Man, they got... I don't want to say lucky in that situation. But actually, yeah, they got pretty lucky selling when they did, because if they had waited another year, that land is worthless. Exactly. Wow. I like the the fact that both the kids of both families finally saw the error of their family's ways. The Crockers did not. No, but... They did not. They ha- they kept the wall up. Right. They kept the wall up when there was not even a house there to memorialize their father's bullshittiness. Right. No. So, no. And, uh... No. I, I invalidate that bright side. But the young kids did. <laughs> the young kids did. They're like, we just gotta end it. We're gonna end it. Yes. In 1956, California would pass a law capping out spite fences. There we go. So, this, this would be... In what year? 1956. Okay. So a long time later, but this was used as sure. a like argument like the for the biggest it. example of one of these things. Sure. And and one of the final things is that Rosina like stood by her husband and mm-hmm. like 
Like yeah. they were a team. And she held and she held firm with the beliefs. Absolutely. She of was like, a strong you're lady. a bully, I'm not gonna do it. Right. She she I Nancy mean, Pelosi'd him. <laughs> she she totally Pelosi'd him on his wall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate that I think that that's an absolute bright side because Pelosi's from San Francisco. You know she knows this story. Yeah. Oh my god. She's gosh. like, We not gonna do a wall your way. I love it. And then so, she clapped at him in a really smug way. Yeah, it totally. Was... <laughs> <laughs> they sold the land, and then the fire happened, and then they're like, "They're good for you." <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, these uh, homeowners issues can get so, you know, because the other thing is you're living in close quarters with them all the time, right? What's so sad is, like, all these neighbor things, like, if we approached it with respect instead of, like, what's the most I can get for myself right now? Right. You know, I mean, uh, it, your situation emotionally would be so much better. I don't get it. This is part of why I'm not a homeowner. When the, the crazy thing is everyone else on the block is pretty nice to each other. There's there's a neighbor or two who are curmudgeon mm-hmm. and they annoy people, but people still respect them and treat them with dignity. Yeah. There's... Never really any screaming matches or mm-hmm. anything like that, which like I've been to neighborhoods like that before. So like it's a, it's an all around good neighborhood. So mm-hmm. it's just it's disappointing when a bad apple flies in, especially and when, they, when they're right next door to you. Yeah, I right. mean it's bad if they're on the block at all. It's and it's worse when it's right next door. Well, I hope that this episode has helped you exercise a little bit of your of your homeowning demons. Yes. I hope that it's I been also, some good therapy for you. I, I love the fact that we got to give uh, Nicholas and Rosar, Rosina Young shout-outs. Absolutely. So that they could be They're remembered American in history heroes. as being heroes. Absolutely. Who got And their kids got a lot of money in just in time. Yes. Too. Nice. Just in time to flee the city. The other American dream. Yeah. <laughs> Selling at the right time. well thanks for bringing this up thanks for the topic thanks everybody for listening we will see you again next week we'll see you next week stay dry yep I'm gonna build a big wall and I'm gonna enjoy it nine we hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason if you did please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes it really helps others find the show and if you didn't just keep it to yourself or tell your diary you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brightside K and J, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.